Hey folks, hope your Q3 and Q4 is off to a good start. We just wrapped up Founder 500 in Austin, Texas. Hundreds of bootstrap founders showed up. It was an amazing time. I loved meeting so many of you. This interview today is a recording from that session, which you're going to love because now we have visuals, we have the founder teaching, and I made every single speaker include their revenue graphs and real artifacts in their presentations. Without further ado, let's jump in. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Please welcome Jonathan Fishbeck to the stage from Estate Space to tell us how bootstrapping saved them. All right, thank you, everybody. Um, I'd like to uh, just start off by thanking Nathan and the team at FounderPath. Everything has uh, just been top-notch here. Um, how I got here, I did a podcast with Nathan back in the summer of 2021. Um, at that point in time, we had just kind of overcome a major failure in SaaS, and uh, it was a really great uh, opportunity for us. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but uh, super excited to be connected with other SaaS founders. I found you guys to be kind of the best uh, educators in the space, along with my advisory team. Um, so we're going to talk about how uh, bootstrapping saved us and uh, how we came out of service and were able to pivot to SaaS successfully today. So uh, I want to talk to you guys about our, our what, our how, and our why. I want to talk to you about um, what caused us to almost fail, uh, how we were able to um, make our move to SaaS, and then uh, why SaaS is the best thing on earth. So when you start to look at, at, at our revenue growth, um, not, not, not really super impressive compared to some of the other things that you've seen here, um, but there's a pretty cool story behind this. So again, uh, focusing on 2021, a uh, podcast with Nathan, uh, we, were, we were still doing service, right? Had a, had a service mindset. Um, we, we came from service uh, construction industry, super successful, uh, didn't, just didn't translate. Uh, we were doing about 2.1 million in service revenue. Uh, and at that time, uh, we realized that that's just not where we wanted to be. So we had like a client, we had a, a, a shareholder, and we also had an affiliate partner that, uh, that, was, that was really investing in us. So we were able to actually convert all of that to equity um, to benefit the company, save on taxes, and really start to partner with our, with our biggest client, which was a $100 million um, construction management firm out of New York. Um, and so, so now, uh, 2022, we're finally scaling. They were able to help us kind of realize the platform. They, they were subject matter experts for us and, and were now far beyond um, better than whatever we had projected to be. Um, and as you can see now, uh, we have a uh, huge performance ahead of us as, as in the company. So when we start to talk about our what, right? So as a company, we lived our problem. Um, coming out of construction, we worked for ultra high net worth families, family offices. Um, we were challenged with uh, the fact that we had to build really incredible projects, but then we had to manage them. Um, and we were unable to really transfer that, so we got sucked into a life of private service and estate management, and kind of thus the name estate space. Um, we knew that we needed something that would scale. Um, and, we, and we really started to lose focus, and this was, this was the hard part of, of the business. Um, we, we were in a big industry. We had uh, a huge data set, uh, but we had no, there was no technology, right? Uh, my partner and I, we looked everywhere. We tried to find tech that would fit. Uh, there was just nothing out there that really solved the problems that we were faced with. 
Um, and at that time, we were doing $15 million a year. So a lot of people would ask me why I moved back into technology out of construction, right? I could have retired when I was 33, but, you know, my wife told me I'd be bored for the rest of my life. So uh, I started a technology company. And so when we started to look at the problem, our problem was that uh, there was a massive breakdown communication expectations. It was almost impossible to manage our clients. Um, and there's a lot of revenue, there was a lot of stress, and construction kind of beat us down. So when we started to look at the, 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 that marketplace, you know, it was pretty much a typical um, you know, compound annual growth rate, one to three percent, um, when, we, when we first got into the industry. 2012, 2014, around that time, that's when we, we had the idea, so we started to, to study the space, and kind of during that time, uh, that, 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 that annual growth rate tripled, right? So now there's, there's hyper growth. Money's more concentrated than, than ever in the world, and we're serving those clients. And so it was at that point that we then looked at the space, and we, we, fit, we were like, well, there's some players in there, but there was nobody that was leading, right? There, there was a blue ocean opportunity in front of us, and we wanted to know why. Um, and so you know, we, we felt like it was the, um, the inability to provide a platform that was simple enough to use. A lot of the technologies that are on here, um, they're not SaaS, so they're all um, things that you can buy in parts. It takes integration. You know, to start a conversation to solve a problem for what we were trying to solve for, started at like $60,000 to talk to somebody, another $60,000 to figure it out, and maybe I needed an IT team to run it. And so. Our, our, in our space, we realized that SaaS was going to be the thing that we could really have a huge advantage in, right? We didn't, so custom became a swear word in our company, right? You could only be configurable. We wanted it to be easy for people to use. I mean, we wanted to be, have people, you know, have fun using it. Um, and so, uh, so this is, this is how we were able to put ourselves as a leader in a market space that, in marketplace that didn't really exist at the time. And so, why did we almost fail? Well, our best attribute, which was service, was also our biggest enemy, right? So, in, in, in a, so this is now, we fast forward, we started in 2017, 2019. Uh, June of 2019, June 4th, I know the day, um, I'm broke. Uh, we have you know, zero real SaaS customers. Uh, we're beta list at the time, so I didn't even have a, a, a product that somebody could use. Um, and we had no revenue, right? We're bleeding. And, and, we're bootstrapped, so it's myself, it's my father. Uh, we were the majority shareholders. We'd put in all the money at that time, and um, and and we were just kind of going at it in the wrong way. So we, we we at that point we learned to slow down to really start to speed back up again. Um, and so we were able to um, we were able to kind of hit the reset button, which you know some companies don't get the opportunity to do, but. Uh, the vision, it was, it was really great. We knew what we wanted to be able to do with this business. We knew that uh, we, were, we had a problem that a lot of people shared in, right? And, and approximately 4.4 million, right? And so um, from, from just a domestic perspective, there's a lot of people in the United States, about 65% of the high net worth is in this country. Um, and they all shared our problem. I mean, we know all of them. It's a very tight knit market. And um, you know, and so we kind of started over again in, in, the, in the summer of 2019. Um, and, and we started to speak to people. We knew that we weren't alone, right? We started to um, go back out and validate exactly what was the problem. What did they need us to really build for them? Um, and, and at that point, we'd already studied the market. We knew that we wanted to be an inclusive platform. So a lot of great technology out there, a lot of people, but we're using tech. Uh, to do one or two things, but then they had to integrate it, or it would it would hit a roadblock. And this marketplace, they needed a lot of things, right? They needed privacy, they needed data security, they needed us to be a lot of things. And so, 
back when we first, if we rewound, you know, I think our biggest challenge in the beginning was just figuring out where to start, right? Where, where was the best place to kind of, like as someone said earlier, do that one thing really well for somebody and then build value on that. And so in this reboot, if you will, that's what we did. We focused on physical assets. We focused on property management and the way that it fit our customer's eye. And we launched a beta product. And we really defined the personas that we were going off after. You know, again, I think from a services perspective, that enemy was like, we do all this stuff for all these people and, and they're all happy and, and we're just going to keep doing that. But in technology, that's a slippery slope and that's where we really face planted. Um, but that was the kind of the best part of our story because we were able to pick, pick ourselves back up. And so now we're going to talk about how we did that, right? How did we pivot, right? And this is the harder part. This part sucked, right? I had 29 people. I had to fire everyone down to six. Two of them are in the back of the room with us still right now to this day. Um, but that was a tough part. Thank God we were bootstrapped um, because my father and I, we were able to find a loophole in the IRS, which I'm going to show you some artifacts on how we did that. Um, and I think that, and then we had a pandemic. We were able to, the pandemic is part of our survival story, which I'm also going to show you in a second. But I think what's really cool here is that, you know, sometimes I think that as a founder, we're in a position where we're out of cash, right? I could be out of cash right now. Maybe I am. Um, but that's okay because there's always a way out. As long as you have good advisors, as long as you have a good network, uh, you'll be able to continue to go on, right? Um, and you can't be scared to pivot. And that's kind of the, the takeaway when we get, get towards the latter part of this. Um, but we converted $4.3 million of debt into 8.5% equity because uh, Ron is my father and I'm his son. Uh, the IRS saw that this could have just been simply a contribution. So we were able to pay off some of the debt. We were able to convert some of that debt to equity, 8.5%. We were able to write off all of the other into a preferred equity instrument. It was just seen as additional contribution, and it was, it was a non-taxable event. And the cool thing for Ron is that, um, because that was his part of the investment, if there's ever a change in control, it will vest immediately for whatever the valuation is that we sell for, and he'll realize the benefit of that. Um, the other piece of that is that he has capital gains issues, so he can use that against uh, future capital gains, and he's been doing that. So we figured out a way to fix what was a massive problem that we thought we could never overcome um, and, and, and still be here talking to everybody today. Right? And so we had a couple of problems. Um, we weren't truly SaaS. We were still doing services. We're still a licensed managed security provider. Like We were just doing way too much. Um, and our company name was Griffin Group Global. So no one really knew what that meant, right? It's my mother's maiden name. I thought it was cool, G3, not cool. Didn't make any sense and nobody bought us. Um, so we changed the company name to a state space. And, uh, and then from there, we were able to go through this process of doing this conversion, um, really clearing our tap cable, clearing the debt out of the business in order to really be able to start raising new capital. Um, again, shrinking down to six people, getting super lean. And how did we stay bootstrapped between 2019 and today? Well, we've, we converted uh, $4.23 million of service contracts into equity. Uh, we increased the valuation to 17 pre-money when we did that, so I've still been able to hold on to about 55% of the company to this point. Um, and as we continue to scale, I'll continue to just buy back that cap table. Uh, COVID, it gave us almost a million dollars in free money. So we had a lot of people pre-COVID. We let them all go. But the, the way that they looked, the, the, the SBA looked at that was that, okay, they, they counted us for the 2018, 2019 time when we had a lot of employees. So we were able to get a ton of free money, a little bit of debt. Uh, I put in another 500. Our shareholders put in another 275. 
and now we're to the to the point where we've got about an 880k shortfall between now and the next 12 months and we're going to bridge that through shareholder milestones so um and as you can see here our burn rate it's it's going to be close to about four million dollars and we're going to see somewhere around five to six million dollars in, in performance and profits in 2025 uh, which for us is pretty cool again considering remember just a minute ago i was worth zero dollars and i had no money um so what did i learn from all this say stay, stay lean stay bootstrapped if you can um the, le the less that you weigh the faster that you can go right so um, I really, really love that. You always want to slow down to speed up, right? Figure out what is that product market fit. Definitely get traction as soon as possible, right? Don't be scared to put out a product that's not perfect. Uh, that kills a lot of companies. Uh, it, it, it did kill us, but again, we were able to, we, we had a second life, second chance. You want to own your business, right? Don't let it own you. I think someone mentioned earlier today, you want your business to serve you back, right? I mean, you started a company in order to ultimately um, have success as an individual. Um, and keep a light network, right? Like I, I really, again, this group, right? Way stronger together. Met a few people. Uh, I listen to everybody that I can that speaks. I want to meet everyone. I want to connect with everybody. Never been better better educated than the group of people in, in Founder Path. And, or, and again, this is just in the last year. Um, so we talked about the what, we talked about the how. Um, definitely uh, failure, I, I feel, is a good thing. Um, I think that... Uh, you know, you're never into a point where you think you might be dead, but there's always a way out. Again, that's going to be your network. That's going to be advisors. But then, you know, talking about the why, right? So our service mindset actually did, it, well, it was our enemy. It still served us the best. We, we've, we've now realized, and things are coming to fruition, that we did believe, right? We had a thesis. Uh, we were able to realize that once we knew that we could we regain focus we're now two inches wide and two miles deep we are the only tech in the space that we serve and we're doing those things right the feedback loop that someone just talked about we have those things we listen really well uh, you can call us we will pick up the phone right so we knew that 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 service mindset was going to serve us really well in technology in our marketplace because we built the company on relationship capital versus you know, going out and just trying to put a product in someone's hand. And so ultimately that's been great. Um, and SaaS, it's the best thing on earth, right? I love it. Uh, I think that the, 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 the main purpose of having a SaaS platform is to simplify something. We simplify something that's super complex, right? We came from a world where it was super manual, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Uh, and, and, and a lot of times you would fall up, you'd fall short. So, um, Really being able to to kind of to come through all of that, you know, we talk about, and I think in my takeaway, you know, we talk about pivoting, and I think that the most important thing is that you're never going to be scared to pivot. Um, you don't always have to pivot, right? It may be like right now, we're not pivoting, we're repositioning ourselves. We may do a, a, a capital raise next year. We may just take on debt from Founder Path and just keep all the equity. I don't know where we'll be in the next 12 months, but I do know that we'll hit a million in ARR. Um, we're going to hit two to 3,000 paid members. And uh, I totally agree that uh, you're better off with less customers that pay you more. Um, you know, we start at $34 a month and people think that's inexpensive. We only need to get to 4,500 members and we're cash flow positive, right? Again, we're taking a pool of 4.4 million. So we hit, you know, 45, 50,000 members over the course of the next three years, which is our goal. You know, we're a $27 million company and we're SaaS, so we're killing it. And, uh, and I think the last thing that I would say is make sure 
that you're working with selling to other SaaS founders. So I've, I've sold to other founders through FounderPath. Um, I use technology from other founders through FounderPath. Like we're our best network of products and services. Not everyone's right for you, but uh, take the time to listen to what someone might have to say when it comes to what is their product, what is their service. Because again, um, if it's simplifying something in your life and it can make things better, it could lower your costs, why not? Thank you.